This episode, we talk about the nation's response to the Derek Chauvin murder trial verdict. My name is Jacqueline, and I'm just an American. week, I just want to share a few thoughts I have on the aftermath of the verdict in the Derek Chauvin trial. I'm not actually going to comment on the trial itself because there is no shortage of opinions on that. Instead, what I want to talk about are the reactions that some of the most powerful people in the country had to the verdict. It seemed that the most common reaction by American leftists with power was that the verdict was good, but it didn't really change much. Former President Barack Obama was quoted as saying, while today's verdict may have been a necessary step on the road to progress, it was far from a sufficient one. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez sent out a tweet that read in part, that a family had to lose a son, brother, and father, that a teenage girl had to film and post a murder, that millions across the country had to organize and march just for George Floyd to be seen and valued is not justice. And this verdict is not a substitute for policy change. Vice President Kamala Harris said, A measure of justice isn't the same as equal justice. This verdict brings us a step closer, and the fact is, we still have work to do. We must still reform the system. I could continue on, but the message across the left was basically the same. America, don't think this verdict makes anything better. So let's break this down. Before the verdict was announced, the nation was bracing for violence. Businesses were boarding up and police departments across the country were bracing for riots. We were not bracing for peaceful protests. The claim that those who support BLM do nothing but peacefully protest is the greatest bit of gaslighting I have seen in my lifetime. We all saw the looting, fires, attacks on police, and murders of innocent people of last summer over this very case. Businesses don't board their windows in anticipation of peaceful demonstrations. The only reason those riots didn't materialize was because the mob got what it wanted. Now, it really shouldn't matter if you agree with this verdict or not. In fact, if you agree with it, you should be the first one in line condemning the threatened violence that would have taken place had the verdict been acquittal. Because now there is this cloud hanging over the verdict that asks, was it about justice? Or were those jurists terrified of what the repercussions would have been to them personally and to the world if they got the verdict wrong according to the mob? But leftists don't care about any of that. They believe the ends justify the means and that anything is acceptable for them to get what they want. Now, let me be clear in what I'm saying right now. I get attacked a lot for making such sweeping statements about so-called leftists. I am not talking about all liberals. I am not talking about Democrats. Language is important. When I say leftists, I mean leftists. It is not the average Democratic voter that is setting fire to buildings and throwing rocks at cops. It is the extremists, which is who I am referring to. But even moving past all of that, I was very disconcerted to see the statements put out by people like Obama and AOC. And the reason was that this was actually an opportunity to pull the country together. Ever since Biden became president, we keep hearing this call for unity from the left. They say it's time to move past the division and tension of the last few years and come together for Americans again. Well, here was a chance. It was an opportunity for them to say the justice system works. Even if there is always room for improvement, it is a system we can and should have faith in and we should come together as Americans to move forward. Instead, they lamented the fact that one verdict doesn't really change anything. Here's the problem with that argument. There is no winning. If the verdict was acquittal, they would be absolutely screaming about how our system is broken. 
But when the verdict is guilty, they are still screaming about how our system is broken. If the system was going to be broken, no matter the outcome of this trial, then I wonder at all the attention the outcome of the trial received. Now, people have made the argument to me that these figures were simply pointing out that there is still work to be done and that there is nothing wrong with that. Okay, fine. But then let's please stop pretending that the left is calling for unity. They aren't. They are, in fact, constantly stoking the division in this country. And the fact that this opportunity to call for unity was not just stepped over, but was deliberately turned around into a further demonization of all of America's police officers was proof of that. We don't need every problem in the country to be solved before our leaders can call for unity or take steps to try and unify people. That will obviously never happen. But this missed opportunity shows fully and openly that unity is not truly on the leftist platform. Division is. And if the statements by the leadership of the left aren't enough to convince you of what I'm saying, then let's take a look at the media stories the very next day after the trial. In Columbus, Ohio, police shot and killed a 16-year-old black girl who was attempting to stab with a knife another black girl. The media instantly went on the attack. They reported it as another killing by a white cop of a black American. Some outlets like the New York Times even left out the fact that this girl was trying to stab another. That is the single most relevant fact of this case, and it was the one they left out. I believe it was NBC that actually edited the video to take out the part of the video where you can see the knife in her hand, and they never mentioned it in their broadcast. Why? Because their goal is to stoke unrest. Their goal is to make black Americans continue to feel oppressed and victimized. I would actually make the argument that had that cop not shot that girl, that would speak much more to the fact that black lives don't matter. That cop's actions saved an innocent black person from being murdered. If you don't like that, then you are the problem in this country. Over the last several days, I have seen several headlines about police shooting and killing black suspects. And in many of them, the headline reads something about this coming on the heels of the Chauvin verdict. One simply cannot help but ask the question, were they disappointed that the result was what it was and violence was not really set forth on the American streets? Really, how can anyone looking at this situation not at least ask that question? All for the last couple of days I keep seeing is article, news article after news article about questionable treatment of cops, news and organizations questioning what cops did and police brutality and police shootings. The nation braced for violence in case the Chauvin verdict was not guilty. That verdict didn't come and leaders across the country, instead of celebrating, continued stoking anger by reminding everyone that this verdict doesn't change the racist nature of America. And then immediately they launch into another tirade of stories about officer-involved shootings, the one that seems the most troubling because it involved a minor, and they openly lied and omitted important information on that story. Then you have public figures with massive platforms speak out on the story and say quite truly astonishing things. Basketball player LeBron James actually tweeted out a photo of the cop involved with the words, you're next in capital letters. He later removed the tweet after massive backlash. Rashida Tlaib, who is a sitting American congresswoman, stated, There is no justification for the killing of a child. Let's think about that for a minute. There is no justification. This child was about to stab another human being. I know that we are a nation obsessed with gun deaths, but 1,600 Americans are killed every year by knives. Stabbing someone is an act of attempted murder. And according to a sitting congresswoman in America, attempted murder is not a justifiable reason for cops to use force. She also tweeted out on April 12th a tweet that read in part, quote, no more policing, incarceration, or militarization. 
No more policing and incarceration. The absolute insanity of the eliminate the police movement is difficult to state. What does any honest thinking person think will happen if we remove police and jails from America? Is the crime magically going to go away? It is very difficult to look at the entirety of the comments of Rashida Tlaib and not come to the conclusion that this is a woman who is fighting for the right of violent criminals to commit their crimes freely in America. If a cop can't use force to stop an attempted murder, if cops shouldn't even exist and if no one should be incarcerated, what other conclusion can we come to? Right now, big cities across the nation are seeing a massive uptick in violent crime. Often, the victims are innocent black Americans, and yet the media does not care. Why not? They don't care because those cases will not cause riots in the street. They don't care because those cases don't push their agenda. There is no excuse for a media outlet to incorrectly report a story, leaving out the most important detail that puts everything into context. Anyone with any semblance of intellectual honesty would say that there is a major difference in a cop shooting a person who is screaming at another person versus a cop shooting a person who is stabbing or attempting to stab another person with a knife. If you don't make that distinction, then you need to work on your critical thinking skills. There obviously is a distinction there. And when the media report this story as though this teenage girl was just screaming at someone and take out the fact that she was holding a knife and moving to stab somebody with a knife, they are taking out the number one most important detail in that story. The left is doing everything they can to push this narrative that cops unfairly and in a racist manner are running around the country killing black people for no reason and that the justice system is letting them get away with it. It's a false narrative. We see it in case after case. Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, was reported by the media to have died with his hands up begging the cop for his life. That never happened. According to the Barack Obama DOJ, Brown died while physically attacking a police officer and trying to steal his gun. Jacob Blake was reported to be an unarmed black man who was trying to be a good citizen in some sort of community altercation when he was shot by cops. The truth was that he was at a house to intimidate a woman he had previously sexually assaulted and was armed with a knife. He was disobeying police orders and wasn't stopping even after being tasered twice. When people say, oh, why don't the cops just use the taser? Why don't the cops just, you know, taser somebody instead of shooting them? They need to understand that the taser is incredibly unreliable. There are cases where the taser is great and it's, it's a better alternative to deadly force, okay? But when somebody is about to stab someone, that is, not, that is not good enough, okay? There needs to be a greater force used to stop that person. And now the media are reporting that a 16-year-old girl was murdered by a white cop while she was just having a teenage fight with someone else, when the truth is she was attempting murder. Anyone, anyone in America who listens to any media story and believes it right off the bat is a fool. More often than not, the initial reporting of a situation contains falsehoods, omissions of key details, and full-fledged propaganda. And it is bad for the country. We can even see the media dishonesty in another somewhat unrelated recent story. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick died shortly after the events that happened on January 6th at the Capitol. The media reported that he was murdered by right-wing extremists. Three months later, the cause of death was revealed and the man died of natural causes. He had two strokes. There was no physical signs of trauma on his body. It seems that regular American citizens need to give all our news stories a minimum of three months to sit to see in the end if they end up being true. The unrest and hate that we see in our nation right now is being deliberately fueled by the media. And we need to ask ourselves why. Why do they want everyone so angry and divided? The answer is simple. It gives them power. If Americans are feeling oppressed and angry and victimized, then the Democrats can come in and promise to save the day. If only they are elected to office. 
If people feel like there is nothing they personally can do to make their lives better because the system is against them, they are going to vote for the people promising to overthrow the system. If you feel like your life is good, if you have good opportunities and the ability to make your life what you want it to be, then you don't need to vote for a savior. You will vote for the guy that is going to stay out of your way. And democratic politicians can't have that. People who take personal responsibility for themselves are more likely to be conservative and not vote for the party that wants to control every aspect of our lives. So we have to convince people that personal responsibility is actually a bad thing. We have to tell people that it is fine to resist arrest and not follow the commands of a police officer, because if you do that and you get shot, it's the cop's fault and not yours. We have to tell people that if your 13-year-old is running around the streets with a gun and a gangbanger at 2 a.m., the problem is the cops and not the parents whose child is out of control. We have to tell people that if you are such a terrible parent that your kids get taken away from you and put into foster care and then tries to murder someone and gets shot by cops, that the problem lies with the cops and not your terrible life decisions. You know why I have never been shot by a cop? You know why I have never been thrown in jail? Because I don't break the law. Because in my encounters with police, and I've actually had several, I am respectful and follow directions. That is why. Show me the person, no matter their race or gender or any other characteristic, who is following instructions during an interaction with a cop and who is then shot and killed by that cop. And I will stand with you demanding justice. But for any thinking American, an officer who shoots a girl trying to murder someone else is not that case. What we need to ask ourselves is, do we actually want to help people? Do we want to help people to live better lives and have less of these altercations and interactions that lead to these tragic outcomes? If the answer to that question is yes, then we need to stop making excuses for bad behavior. If you commit a crime, if you resist arrest, if you attack a cop, bad things will happen to you. Even if in the end, the result is not your getting shot, you are still looking at jail time and a criminal record. The way we solve this problem is by getting to the root of it. Let's guide and teach people to make better life choices. I always hear the stories about the black parents who have to teach their children how to act if they get pulled over by police so that they don't end up getting hurt. People talk about it as though there is something wrong with that having to happen. There isn't. It's called responsible parenting. I'm a white female, and when I first learned how to drive as a teenager, my dad had that exact same conversation with me. Keep your hands on the steering wheel. Don't reach for anything in the car without the officer asking and then make it very clear what you were trying to get. Be respectful. Every parent, no matter their race, should have that conversation with their child. It is our job as parents to teach our kids how to be responsible citizens. These leftists who control the media and leftist politicians don't actually want to help people. By telling people it isn't their fault when these things happen to them, they are also telling them that there isn't anything they can do to prevent it. But there absolutely is. As individuals, we can make better choices, and that absolutely will help protect you from getting arrested or shot by a cop. So we can sit here all day and fall into their game of having to make this false choice between supporting law enforcement and helping black Americans. But that isn't actually accomplishing anything. We need to stop allowing ourselves to be manipulated by the powerful for their gain. Here is what it comes down to. Take responsibility for yourself. If you want to live a good, peaceful, joyful life, then take responsibility for yourself. Make good choices. Don't try to stab people. Own your mistakes and work to rectify them. And for the love of all that is good, do not just blindly swallow whatever the news media tries to sell you. Think for yourself and try to be honest and encourage others to do the same. I don't say anything that I am saying right now due to judgment. I say it because I want people to understand. This is how you live a good life. Take responsibility for yourself. And remember, no human being is going to save you. 
not Joe Biden, not AOC, not Bernie Sanders, not any politician who is promising to be your savior. They are only seeking more power. If you are looking for a savior, might I suggest looking into Jesus Christ? If not, do what you can for yourself. It's the only way. Okay, so we're going to go to some Instagram comments this week and talk about some of the things that people sent to us on Instagram. So our first comment comes from Instagram user Hannah Ardister. After multiple cases, it is not hard to see our police system needs to be restructured. The police need more training before going out on the job. So this is a, this comment is, is so fun for me to see because I love the people who say the police need more training. But they're the same people who want to defund the police. So I, I don't really see how that those two things can can go side by side. And liberals are constantly trying to throw more money at problems. And yet in this situation, they're like, oh, well, the police need more training, but we're also going to like slash their budgets. And so I don't know where they think they're going to get the money for the training if they're constantly being defunded. But, you know, when they say after multiple cases, it's not hard to see our police system needs to be restructured. Multiple cases. But again, this is just an overall generalization. And many of these cases that have garnered national attention, many of these cases that have, you know, resulted in these protests and these riots and these calls for, you know, oh my gosh, the system. Um, when you delve into the details of these cases, as I have done, you know, several times, not just today, but in, in the past, a lot of these cases are, are reported falsely. I mean, I gave three specific examples today. I mean, it, today in the news this week, we are watching our media convince people who don't have very strong critical thinking skills that they that there is a white police officer who shot a 16 year old girl for absolutely no reason whatsoever, except for the color of her skin. So that is not the case. OK, that police officer shot that girl in order to save the life of a black person. And so we have to to really take a look at these so-called multiple cases, okay? Because in many of these cases, the facts that are being reported by the media, the facts that our general society keeps repeating as established are actually completely inaccurate and incorrect. And so, you know, I don't necessarily see, I actually don't necessarily see the proof that our police system needs to be restructured. I don't believe that there's anything in life that's perfect. I think there's always room for improvement in every situation and organization and, and category. But I actually do not see proof of this massive problem of law enforcement who are completely out of control. I think that, you know, if you're talking about specific cases, there are, you know, again, many specific cases where the facts that people think they know are incorrect. Are there cases, you know, people like to talk about Brianna Taylor. I had someone today mention, you know, well, hey, Brian Brianna Taylor wasn't doing anything wrong. She was in her apartment and she got shot. Okay. Brianna Taylor, that was a tragic case. That was a truly like horrific thing that happened. But also just because horrific circumstances happen doesn't necessarily mean that it's a systemic thing. Okay. I mean, her boyfriend was shooting at the cops. The cops shot back. 
and she happens to be in the apartment. So it's a terrible situation. But again, you know, to, to take all of these things and lump them together and be like, oh my gosh, this is a big, gigantic overall problem. I, I don't think that that is being fully honest. I think that we need to be a lot more careful about looking at specific cases and saying, okay, wait a minute, like what was the circumstance around this specific case? They have done studies that show that, you know, the the cases in the vast majority of cases where police officers are shooting, you know, suspects, it is because the suspect is doing something that, you know, is resisting arrest or is fighting against the cops. And, you know, when people say, oh, well, the suspect was unarmed. Okay. Uh, Again, Michael Brown was, was considered unarmed. He was punching and beating the police officer and he was trying to reach his gun. And he was a really big guy. He was very tall. He was very heavy. He was physically overpowering to that police officer. And so that is why the police officer shot him. He was definitely posing a threat to that officer, even though he was technically unarmed. So I guess the question that we all have to ask ourselves is, is do we actually care about facts? Do we care about evidence? Do we care about truth? Or do we just care about narrative? And, you know, unfortunately, there's far too many of my fellow Americans who actually don't care about facts and truth. All they care about is narrative. All they care about is this idea that they have this noble cause that they're fighting against and it gives them purpose and it gives them a reason. And it's like, okay, but you know, when your purpose and your reason is to say that the cops should not have shot, like for instance, a a girl who was about to stab somebody, I just don't really see the logic in that. I don't see the logic in that, you know, and then it doesn't help when you have all of these people who have platforms who have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. I mean, all the people who are like, oh, well, the cop should have just shot her in the leg or the people like Joy Behar on The View said, oh, the cop should have just shot into the air. And you just look at these people and you're like, how do these people have platforms? How is it that they have a following and they have a job where they are paid to voice their opinion? I mean, really, Joy Behar, like, you, so you want that cop to just shoot the bullet into the air? Um, first of all, that's not going to stop the girl from getting stabbed. Second of all, at what goes up has to come down, honey. And you want to talk about a situation in which a, a truly innocent person's life would be put in danger? Um, I mean, that would be a perfect thing to do to, to actually put an innocent person's life in danger. So it's just based on false narratives. It's a false narrative. And so it's just very difficult to even start having a conversation about this because the premise that people are coming from is incorrect. Okay, our second comment comes from Instagram user Jay of the Fray. He says, cops kill more than residents, reducing inflated policing budgets to help end the rampant poverty, which leads to crime and increased funding for after school programs and resources would be better spent. So cops kill more than residents. Um, no, no, that that's just absurd, especially right now where violent crime across the country is absolutely skyrocketing. Um, I think in, I don't know if it's a lot, I'd have to look it up, but if it's Los Angeles County, um, that I think that homicides are, they've already had like 300 homicides this year, where this time last year it was like 10. I mean, it, I, those are not accurate numbers, but it's, it was, so, it's something along those lines, like something that massive. The amount of homicides, the amount of violent crime that is happening across the country right now is insanely high. And for people to make this argument to say, well, we just need less cops on the street and we'll have less violence. I mean, honestly, to me, I liken it to saying, you know, if we just eliminate mechanics, then my car won't break down anymore. I mean, it's it's that ridiculous. In terms of saying, you know, increase funding for after school programs and but stuff that leads to, you know, to reducing poverty. Uh, my question to these people is, so the argument that you're making, I mean, let's just 
put it out there. The argument you're making is that if we take cops off the street and we fund after school programs, that crime is no longer going to be a problem. Like, is that legitimately the argument that we are making? I, I just can't wrap my head around the lack of critical thinking skills that it takes to be on the side that says we need to defund and eliminate police. I don't understand it. I'm not, I just simply don't understand it. I mean, it's not only poor people who commit crimes, guys. Like, go turn on. I, I have to admit, I listen sometimes to the Dateline podcasts where they talk about like all the true crime stuff. And it's like the vast majority of those cases are actually not uh, poor people. They are wealthy people who commit murder. Uh, they are wealthy people who embezzle and steal and and commit sexual assault. I mean, I live in Southern California and they just arrested um, a guy named Paul Flores for the sexual assault and murder of a college student, Kristen Smart, back um, in 19, I think it was 1995. Uh, he was not living in poverty. OK, he was he was a college student living in a dorm and he committed sexual assault, allegedly committed sexual assault and murder against this girl. Um, so, you know, nothing about this argument makes sense. There is nothing about this argument that makes sense. Okay. And so I, yeah, no. Um, okay. And our last comment comes from Instagram user USA Brock. Our media institutions and career politicians have done a superb job of conditioning people to accept narratives without all of the facts. 100%. Absolutely. There was one news article that I saw the other day, I think it was yesterday, where, they the the caption of the news article was, you know, officer involved shooting against a black man in some state wherever, you know, and that was all there was to it. That was all there was to it. It was just like officer involved shooting suspect was black and he died. And that was it. And then if you look at the comments on this was on Instagram, if you look at the comments, there's all of these people who are like, oh, my gosh, this is systemic. Oh, my gosh. Just, you know, right on the heels of Derek Chauvin. And oh, my goodness, like this just shows that, you know, this just shows that, you know, that this is a terrible problem and it's not over. And, it, and I just stopped and I was like, if anybody forms a decision about this case with just that headline, because the headline was truly that simple, you are nothing but a sheep. Okay. I mean, you are nothing but a follower because there was literally no information in there. Okay. I am somebody who, yes, I am very pro law enforcement. Okay. I would not make a statement to say, Hey, that guy probably deserved to be shot. I would not make that statement. I have absolutely no idea. I have no idea because I don't know the details of the case. So yeah, it is absolutely true that our people in this country have been conditioned and conditioned is the perfect word for it to believe what they are told. We see it time and time again, okay? We see it in the, for example, as I talk about all the time, we see it in the COVID-19 situation, okay? Where people, you know, I mean, to this day, I'm driving around my neighborhood and I see people in their cars by themselves with the windows rolled up wearing a mask. And it's like, people want to be told what to do. People don't want to have to think for themselves. They don't want to have to say, well, wait a minute, let me see all this information and, and what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. They just want to be told what to do. They just want to be told, you know, tell me what to believe, tell me what to think so that I don't have to do the work myself. And of course, obviously, I'm not talking about everybody, but that is it is definitely a problem that I see in our country right now. And that is not to say that people who disagree with me are unthinking. It's not to say, absolutely not to say that people who disagree with me are 
or who have different ideas and opinions about things that they are all just sheep, that they are all just followers. That's not what I'm saying right now. I think that there are a lot of people who disagree with me who have very legitimate, well thought out reasons for doing so. But I am specifically talking about this very large portion of the American population that says, you know what? I'm just, oh, the the news keeps reporting all of the stuff. And so I'm just going to keep believing it. And the truth is, it is very difficult to go against the grain of society like that. It is very difficult when every single news organization is telling you that police in America are systemically racist. It is very difficult to stand up and say, I actually don't believe that's true. I don't think the evidence demonstrates that. I think that there are a lot of case by case basis that we need to take a look at. And there, the, the situation and the circumstances around all of these cases are vastly different. And so we need to look at all of those. That's what I think. But it is not easy. It is not easy. And especially because this is the same side of the aisle that loves to hurl the personal insults and attacks. I mean, if I say, actually, no, I don't think that police in America are overall systemically racist. I think that, you know, maybe there's progress to be made. Maybe there's changes to be made. But I think that in most of these cases, you can see a situation in which, uh, yeah, I mean, I can kind of understand why the cop shot the girl who was about to stab somebody, even if she was black, you know, I, you can kind of say, I, I can see why that happened, but it's hard because then they turn around and they're like, well, you're just a racist. You're just a racist too. And that's why you support the system. Or, you know, the one that I get all the time is, oh, well, you don't want, you know, you don't want anything to change because you're white. And so you, you benefit from the privilege of, you know, the way society is. So of course you don't want anything to change. And it's kind of like, that's not an argument. You know, if I say, Uh, I don't see the evidence for it. Okay, show me the evidence for it. Don't attack me personally. Don't say, oh, well, it's just because you're privileged. No, it's because I don't see the evidence. So if you want to convince me of your position, then show me the evidence that tells me of your position. I mean, if somebody says to me, you know, hey, I'm not sure that I believe that the earth is round. Uh, Show me the evidence. I'm going to say, sure, just a minute. Let me compile the evidence because I have a ton of it. I'm not going to say, oh, well, you're just an idiot. Because that person's going to walk away going, okay, well, no, obviously you don't have the evidence to show. Otherwise, you would show it. And I think that that is what a lot of people in America don't seem to understand today is that when you resort to personal attacks and insults to make your point of view heard or to make your point, um, the only thing that the person who's listening to you gets is you can't defend your position. So if I say you know, I don't actually think that this is a systemic problem. When I say that, you know, that the the cases that you're showing me that there's systemic racism in America are cases where I see just cause for a police officer to use force um, against a suspect, then that's not proving your point. And if you just turn around and say, well, you're just a racist, that that's still not proving your point. So, um, yes, I completely agree with that last comment. People have been conditioned. And there are so many other things that we could say about that. I mean, I, I think that there are so many places in society. I think that our school system is definitely set up for that. And that is just another topic for another day because that's its own discussion. But there's a lot of things that are happening right now where people are just conditioned to accept those narratives. And they are they have been conditioned to not demand all the facts and to not expect all the facts. And um, as I said, if you are listening to the media and you believe what you hear on the media without questioning it, without doubting it, and in many cases without waiting to see if that information actually changes, then you are most likely going to be misinformed. So 
don't do that. Get all of the information. And, and again, just take personal responsibility for yourself. Um, obviously, you know, there are situations in life where bad things happen to us. And there are a lot of times where bad things happen to people and it's not their fault and it's completely outside of their control. And they are truly victims um, of one thing or another. But victimhood in our society has become just this prized place to be and this, you know, powerful, actually powerful place to be that the, the more of a victim you are, the more power you have in the political arena of America. And, you know, that might be the case. You might you might have more power. Your words might have more meaning because of your victim status, but you are probably not going to live a very happy life. Feeling like you were a victim, feeling like you were oppressed, feeling like the world is out to get you is not is not a happy place to live. It's not a happy place to be. And especially when you live in the United States of America, where I actually don't think that that is true on any sort of a grand scale. I think that, you know, does racism exist? Of course it does. Does oppression exist? Of course it does. But to say that it is the reason why certain groups in America are in the dire situations that, you know, they're in or in the less fortunate situations that they're in. And it is the sole reason for it and personal choices and personal decisions and the things that we choose to do in life have absolutely nothing to do with that would be um, completely dishonest, in my opinion. So, you know, if you want to change the world, the best thing that you can do is to start with yourself. That's the other part of this whole equation is that when, you, you know, all of these people want to say that, you know, I'm going out there and I'm fighting against the system because I, and I'm changing the world. And, you know, hey, fighting for things on a grand scale that you believe in is a great thing. But at the end of the day, there's only so much that we can do to control what goes on in the world out there. And if that is your obsession, if that is your focus, and you are going to be a very unhappy person because there's only so much you can control in that. But if you put your focus on yourself and you put your focus on, okay, what do I have control over? What can I fix? What can I solve? Then you will be a happy person despite whatever you know difficult circumstances that you will find yourself in because you are now focusing on just the things that you have control over. Thank you for taking a moment out of your day to talk about policing and personal responsibility. I will be back next week with another deep dive into issues affecting American life from the perspective of just an American. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and give it a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps each and every week. Also, please share this episode with a family member or a friend so we can help spread the word. You can follow me on Twitter at JJNAmerican. You can also message the show by sending an email to jj at imjustanamerican.com or visiting our locals page at imjustanamerican.locals.com. You can also follow the show on Instagram at imjustanamerican. This episode was produced and edited by Brian White. Music for this episode was written and performed by Michael Beatty. 